0: I need to remind you guys about my Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com forward slash fi guide, you can find the Fig Patreon, where subscribers pay a monthly fee for early access, private and premium content, as well as access to the Fig Discord. £3, £5, £8 and £12 tiers, all with a 15% discount. If you go for the yearly options and a load of people are enjoying it, head over to patreon.com forward slash guide for more info. The Football Index podcast is supported by FootballIndexTrader.co.uk, the best site for in depth scouting and trading strategy. I know FIT is currently spending 30 to 40 hours a week on scouting alone, and members get updates covering every match day across all five leagues and European competition too. With the market finally reacting to on pitch action rather than off field distractions, it's crucial to know who is in and out of form if we want to have the best results if you want to see more an exclusive offer for podcast listeners you can give the site a try with the 25 percent discount on your first month with the code fig25 that's fig25 over on footballindextrader.co.uk Here's the legal stuff from Football Index. FI is a gambling product available to customers in certain territories aged 18 or over. The content of this podcast has not been approved by Football Index, but they do listen to the show to keep me on my toes. Please remember to only gamble what you can afford to lose. BeGambleAware.org and when the fun stops, stop. Hello and welcome back to the Footman Next podcast, episode 165. Hope everyone is doing well. In the previous Figcast Extra, uh, Panda and I reacted. Pretty much to the breaking news that Adam Cole has stepped down as Football Index CEO. That was announced at three o'clock on Thursday and we recorded at four o'clock. So it's fresh, hot off the press. Hopefully, FI weren't planting it there just to uh, annoy us and disrupt all our plans as they usually do with announcements. But uh, it seemed ominously suspicious to be at three o'clock on a Thursday. And in the previous week to that, I was joined by FI Al, who was a great guest people really enjoyed that one uh, pro gambler but spoke really 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 uh really well around uh, current issues that FI are facing facing his current strategy and so on and so forth today i'm really glad to be joined by the first ever person who actually knows what they're doing audio wise an audio engineer named otto who you may know and like on the fi community twitter timeline how you doing mate
1: good thanks yeah how are you
0: not too bad good, not good. too bad I- Aside from being an audio engineer, which helps my life out a lot because it means the the quality of the audio of this podcast should be sublime. What do you do? Tell us a bit about yourself and tell us a bit about your uh, Football Index journey.
1: Okay, um, Football Index-wise, um, I joined in early 2019. Um, pretty successful early on. I joined just before the share split and uh, I managed to... Well, I, I jumped on a lot of the premiums that just absolutely flew during that time. So although I didn't um, exactly know totally what was driving prices. Um, You know, I didn't have a complete grasp on everything involved. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I was quite fortunate in that regard. And, you know, especially Pogba. Pogba was the big one for me and his price started to tail off towards the summer. So I just cut that one and started looking at the low end. And although I've kind of appreciated that Prices were a little bit distorted down there, you know, not necessarily representing the, their value well. Um, it was a market that people were buying into, so you, there was good money to be made there. And I was quite successful with that. And I continued trading really the low and mid-range mid, mid, end, uh, mid range to up until um, March of this year with uh, COVID. And then I've just adapted as necessary. Um, and obviously it hasn't been brilliant since, but... Um, we're all in that boat. So, um, yeah, that's been quite good. Um, outside of FI, I have, um, a small at the moment, small, um, plants business that, um, I'm joining forces with a friend and, um, building that business. And I, I'm also a teacher, music teacher, audio engineer, and session drummer. um, and a media composer as well. So that, they're they're the sort of main things I'm doing at the moment, um, albeit a little less because of COVID. But yeah, that's that's basically me in a nutshell.
0: Awesome. I mean, that is quite the. Quite, you know, when you when you said to me you had fingers in many pies, I didn't quite realise it was in as many this pies. Um, There are a few others. you know, A few others. Football index wise, though, you know, you mentioned uh, hopping on premiums, then kind of adapting and, and trading more towards the lower and mid end. And now the adaptation periods have obviously been tested, I guess, due to not only COVID, but the kind of big downturn that we've seen since September time. How have you kind of faced that so far?
1: well i think i think a huge problem is people want markets to react in the way they would like to you know we we have zero control and i am definitely guilty of sort of almost willing the market to stay up and uh taking the full full brunt of the drops but um you know, I'm I'm a definitely a glass half full person so I'm not really worried about that, you know, I know the long term future or I'm very confident that the long term future of FI is is in safe hands and uh and so really I've just the last four or five weeks or so, however long it's been since the you know, the worst of the drops, I have really been focusing on in play dividends. I think they are um where the best value lies at the moment. Um I mean, obviously, well, th- no, I I think premiums are the best value. But, you know, with the market the way it is, um, IPDs are very, very easy yields at the moment. They are, seem relatively safe. I mean, there's been very little drops in the low end, really, in the last few weeks. And I think people just think, you know, they've dropped as low as they can go. Um, and with IPDs being so lucrative at the moment, it's just quite an easy market to trade um, which obviously isn't great for FI but it uh, works really well for us. And then I've just had a healthy cash balance to to buy these dips. I mean Bruno dropped last week something like a pound, one pound twenty out of out of nowhere. So um buying those has been very, very easy. Um and that I mean I bought and sold in an hour and made ten percent on him, so um yeah, those those are the two main things. And then just rolling over divs into long-term holds um, and basically just got to wait it out, I guess. Wait for FI to sort liquidity out and then we're good. Mm. Hopefully.
0: <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I mean, there's a lot there, um, IPDs, which I think we'll, we'll talk about. I saw you tweeting about them earlier yeah. today, like how you can, you know, uh, like trading them, but also understand that they might Absolutely. not be perfect for yeah. FI as a business. Yeah. And we can we can get into that after. Um Got loads of miscellaneous questions here. Lord Bentner fire what's more exotic, Otto's uh, exotic <laughs> plant business or figs cooking? Well, h-
1: how's your cooking? How's your cooking? Very bad. Yeah.
0: Like, I'd probably say like a three out of oh, ten, no. and that's probably been quite kind.
1: Well, does that class exotic then?
0: Probably not. I don't really know why. Maybe we skip this question completely. Yeah, <laughs> can do, can do. Maybe the answer is obvious here, Otto. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I've got... I've got a collection here. I'm I'm sat in amongst my plants right now and uh,
0: Oh right, okay. You're like a crazy cat lady. Yeah, pretty
1: much. I can see in your picture it's it's getting a bit balmy now, I'm <laughs> overflowing. Um please do. Yeah, please I've do. got I've got plants here that uh I don't think I'm I'm very, very confident no one else in Europe has. So
0: Wow.
1: It's like the ultimate Pokemon collection, but for plants. <laughs>
0: Is that legal? Um, are you there are to definitely,
1: grow? I mean, I'm importing plants from all around the world, but there are definitely a few that I've had where you look at them, and you think that's just been ripped straight off a tree. I, 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 you know, I didn't ask for that. I'm buying them from small time nurseries, you know, around the world. And yeah, if they just don't have that plant in stock, sadly, they just quite often just walk off into the jungle and grab the plant from there, which obviously is illegal, but, uh, I sadly don't have control over that. And I'm trying to, that's that's really what I'm trying to avoid with this business is to be able to offer these plants to the UK market without the need for them to be poached or
0: stolen. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, I'll keep my eye on that one, mate. Um, we've got a question here from Jinjai Pablo. Can you please ask, what would kilo of a <laughs> be worth on the index now and before but Who is that person?
1: Uh, one, I don't know who this is. And two uh well, I don't know who anyone else is on there, on twitter, but
0: um is I, kilo off a sheet. I I don't know
1: the answer, I don't know the answer, I'm afraid
0: you don't know who he is, I don't know who he is
1: oh oh is i I see what you're getting at now. it took me a while to catch on um no, I don't know who he is, I'm afraid no, uh.
0: <laughs> oh, I've I get it. Bloody hell, kilo of a sheesh! Um, oh God's sake! I'd... It's like uh, it's like the um, when when someone calls up Mo's bar in Simpsons. I, I, I,
1: you know what? I thought you were playing playing along and pretending it was a person. <laughs>
0: I, I legit was, didn't know oh mate i've never seen that one before that is um that is terrible yeah no that's right. again two terrible questions you both are banned from that one um for uh, th- when you said do you know who that is i
1: thought you meant the person asking the question oh man <laughs>
0: so, divvy rascal here as your profile picture looks like an album oh, cover for a swedish edm dj which edm dj of the last 20 years would you most like to be ipo'd and why
1: but just to clear it up, that that is me in the in the profile picture. <laughs> I know you said I look like the uh, a
0: rarity in the football yeah, community.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I have nothing Very to hide, hard. so happy to put my face out there. Um I think it's gotta be Otto knows. He's got my name. He's got my name and uh his music's not bad. I can you know, not not the greatest fan, but you you can't uh you can't avoid someone with your name. You've got to have them, so Mm. I don't think there's anyone on the on the index with Otto as their name. So, yeah, it's got to be that easy one.
0: Derek Kaiser here. Uh, what's the going rate for a Japanese garden? My neighbour has just got one and I'm not impressed. 4, 4K down the Swanee for a smallish garden. Was it you who blagged them?
1: It was not me that blagged them. But uh, I don't think that's too bad. If if you like Japanese gardens, I don't think four is too bad for that. I mean, obviously, I don't know what they've got. But they've got a little pond and a bridge over it. That's That's great. I love that. Yeah, little little area yeah. in the garden with uh, some some oriental bits and bobs. That sounds
0: cool. Who doesn't like a nice pond?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some koi in there. Yeah.
0: Uh FI gardener here. Would love to know more about the exotic plant business. You've you've covered it a little bit. Anything else to add?
1: Um, not really. I mean there's no one there's no one currently selling exotic plants in the UK um in a sustainable, ethical way. That's my biggest problem. Um and we've between me and my business partner, we've got a pretty big social media following and that's resonated with them a lot when we said we've basically committed to 70 percent of our plants being um, seed grown, propagated or tissue cultured by the end of 2021. Um, so, yeah, our impact on the environment is is significantly reduced in that is basically everything's grown in house and that's that's the biggest um, selling point for our business. For our, um, for our shop. And uh, the thing about that is we can we can reduce prices as well because a lot of the nurseries around the world have caught on to the demand for um, rare plants this year and a stud is selling at retail price. So over here, the prices are therefore extortionate. I mean, there was a rare plant that I don't think is particularly special personally, Um Philodendron spiritus sancti. It sold in the summer for fifteen thousand euros. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, ridiculous prices. Um, and yeah, we would we would definitely be able to cut those prices down massively. Um, I mean, people are buying these plants as investments, and uh, they're thinking they can you know propagate them, just chop them up, put them, plant them up, and grow new plants from those to sell on. And the problem is that is that everyone's doing it and There are labs tissue culturing this stuff, just getting balls of cells essentially in a um, concoction and growing these plants in the tens of thousands. And next year the the prices are just going to absolutely tank. So I do feel sorry for anyone or whoever it was that paid 15,000 euros for a a philodendron
0: because they are going to
1: be worth a few hundred quid maybe next year. (laughs)
0: Sucks to be them. Ouch. Sucks to be them. Yep. Uh, Chris Barker here. Unfortunately, we're both Arsenal fans. Off, yeah, so I, think I He's kind of torturing us here. Assuming all players are fit, I'd like to hear you <laughs> two discuss your starting Arsenal eleven and formation. Do we skip this one?
1: I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind going over it. I don't mind. I... It is a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. Hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see Martinelli come back. That's that's my my ray of sunshine at the moment for Arsenal. <sighs>
0: I feel as Arsenal fans, we always think when someone's injured, they,
1: that they true, yeah, they, yep. they true. come back
0: and save us, um, which isn't the case. <laughs> it's kind of like people wanting Ozil back in the squad yeah. just because he hasn't yeah. played in a while. Yeah. Uh, and I'm Martinelli's bigger fan. I love him. I'm just saying that it might be a lot of pressure to think he comes in and and things are rosy again, which I don't think will be the case. But um, no,
1: no, I just, I just, uh, uh, just clutching at
0: straws. <laughs> Um yeah. Jordan K here from the Fig Discord pizza hut or dominos.
1: Ah oh, man, they're both greasy and gross. I I'm not I'm not a fan. When I was at,
0: I'm not a fan of it yeah. either but gun to hell When I was
1: at uni dominoes. uh being a session drummer, I I studied audio, audio engineering at uni and uh so I was kind of tasked with recording drums for everyone's songs and they would repay me in dominos um and it was oh, you know I was hungry and I'd eat it but man I ate way too many now I'm I'm done with (laughs) done with takeaway pizza not for me Hmm.
0: Uh, Matt Burrows here from the Fig Discord as well who will win the following competition of the season the Premier League Champions League La Liga and PL Golden Boot?
1: that's a good one that's a tough one too Um, uh, Premier League I I, I fancy Liverpool to take it It's, it's illegal for Spurs to win so yeah yeah, yeah not um, though I do think they do have a chance but uh, it is the history of the Tottenham um, I yeah, yeah I'm going to get stick with Liverpool um, I think they've got the squad to do it and I think it doesn't take much for Tottenham to slip up um, Kane will get his usual yearly injury and that will be them done so uh, yeah I agree with Liverpool there. yeah yeah um, Champions League, ah, that's hard. I, f- I fancy uh, Atletico to take it. I think they're really, really strong this year. Mm-hmm. Um, really f-
0: and I'm presuming that's going to be the same answer for La Liga yeah, as well?
1: Yeah, uh, I expect they'll do the double, yeah. Mm, interesting. Well, I don't expect it, um, but <laughs> yeah.
0: I, th- I think they're one of the top three or four favourites for me for um, for the Champions yeah. League though. And I think they're favourites for La Liga who, as well, Who would yeah. you pick? Um, I think Champions League, I think we'll see the same types of teams that have been there or thereabouts yeah. the last three or four years. So Liverpool, Bayern, yeah. I think Atletico will be there. I think now that Madrid have made it through to the knockout rounds, I don't think they'll win it. But I think they'll be. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think they'll probably be there or thereabouts. But um, Bayern. Bayern yeah, was my second
1: choice. But they've had a few little slip ups recently. And uh, mm. they're, not, they're not perfect. They're not perfect. No. So. But Atletico no. have just been uh,
0: useless. And then the PL Golden Boot.
1: I, I can accept a Spurs player winning that. I think Son might take it.
0: Oh really? Okay. I think I think Dominic Calvert Lewin has a chance. Yeah.
1: yeah, That's another good one. I don't know. Okay. It'll be interesting to see. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Son. Um, I think Kane <laughs> will get injured and Son will step up in another gear. That's my fear.
0: That's your fear. My fear also. Uh, Josh in from the Fig Discord again. Uh, predictions for the next five Ballon d'Ors. And I laughed at this question when I saw it because I was like, <laughs> fucking hell, that's hard. It's, it's
1: right? really hard. Uh, holland has got to be up there at some point, surely.
0: Uh, is this the year that Neymar wins it?
1: Neymar, yeah. I, I Literally, Looking he went good. out. Yeah, Could he went completely you. out of my mind. Yeah, I completely Could forgot about Neymar. How did I manage that? that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Ronaldo definitely and got a Messi chance. maybe yeah. not playing as yeah, well. For sure. So we're thinking twenty twenty one Neymar? Twenty
1: twenty one Neymar. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. Maybe twenty twenty two as well. Yeah. Um and then man, Felix, Haaland, Mbappe. Mbappe's possibly stalled a little in his you know, progression. I had um who was it that said that the other day? Was it ASP or ASP, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um that was a great pop, by the way. I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, I think. Oh man, Neymar, Neymar.
0: So we've got Neymar, Neymar, and then we've got one of Mbappe, Felix.
1: Harland. Yeah, I, I, and that's a really tight so race. Twenty
0: twenty three. So twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five is the one that we're thinking about now.
1: I mean, it, uh, for me, it's between those three. Does Does uh, Lewandowski have a chance? at any point Uh, obviously it's a bit late by then But if
0: if Bayern win the Champions League again this this year coming maybe Uh, we we also have to factor in the 2021 and 2022 uh, Euro World Cup years respectively
1: yeah that's true
0: so whilst we say Neymar in 2021 could it be a player from a team that wins the Euros so let's just say hypothetically Portugal Portugal, the Euros then Ronaldo would probably win yeah or if they even got into the final, maybe. Ah.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I yeah, I needed to give this more thought. I really did.
0: This is <laughs> it's hard brutal. to do it off the cuff, isn't it? Like, go on, who who are the next five Ballon d'Or yeah, winners? I, yeah, very if hard. It went
1: Well. It'd be so worth it a solid go, goal if I'm you gonna
0: could go that. I'm gonna go Ronaldo, Neymar, one of those three that we mentioned for the two years after. And then five years from now. Hmm. I'm
1: trying to think of people now that are 21, 22 that could become great. It's hard. Yeah. I still still think Harland and Felix, one of those two, maybe.
0: Mm, Let's see. Let's see. Someone will break onto the scene. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Before we move on, I need to remind you that this week's episode is sponsored by Football Index Edge. They are a third-party data website designed to give you an edge on Football Index. Whether it's player prices, matchday scores, or dividend winners, Football Index Edge has years of detailed data, and best of all, it's all downloadable straight into your own spreadsheet. They are currently offering a 14-day free trial on all memberships, which starts for as little as £3.33 a month. So head over to footballindexedge.com to find out. Thanks, folks, for sponsoring. Uh, first question, um, I guess, hot off the press. Footy fan FI says thoughts on the moves in leadership. So, mm. at the tip of everyone's tongue, Football Index yeah. announced, obviously, yesterday that Adam Cole has stepped down the CEO and is now the chairman of Football Index. What was your first take? Did you expect to see this coming? Uh, general thoughts?
1: I didn't expect it now, um, personally. Um, I know I listened to your Pandacast just before this, and I know you said uh, you saw it coming. Um,
0: Um, Maybe not saw it coming, but perhaps not as surprised as most people. I mean, if I look at him at his age... Yeah, that's fair. ...the previous business experience he's had, potentially not in the gaming industry, the size of the company that Football Index are right now... Yeah, that's... It's it's quite common.
1: Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I guess... um, in that in that respect, yeah, it, it it was coming. I just it just seems um, maybe an odd time, but maybe it's the right time. Um, I'm undecided on that, but uh, I, I I don't know. It's a hard one to read maybe into. This
0: year has accelerated that that
1: departure. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, you 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 know them better than me. Uh, I've I've been on Fi two years now, nearly, and uh, I I was not here when uh, Mike had his famous. Twitter uh, rants, as it were. Um, so I don't know his character that well, so I, I can't really comment on on how I think it will be. You know, there's there's so many possibilities. Um, maybe this sounds cynical, but I think initially you might get a a bit of a kick up the bum for the company because he's got that new position, Mike, and uh, that you know gives you a bit of excitement and oomph. Um, but I think a lot of people struggle to maintain that. So we might initially see sort of some good things, some really exciting changes happening. But I can see that tailing off slightly and maybe falling back into some old habits after a while. I'm hoping not, but uh that's that's my my take. I mean, um to me it doesn't really matter. I'm happy just to trade what's in front of us and um as long as they fix liquidity, that's obviously the biggest issue right now. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't really make that much difference, I don't think. Not really.
0: Why do you think that?
1: Um, Why? I mean, if I think that's... Oh, man, that's tough. That's tough.
0: <laughs> because I understand you want to trade what's in front yeah. of you, but... Yeah, I want to trade what's in front. Tra- trading what's in front of you is good. And obviously, if you can make money, then great. But... Oh, I'm, when you see the market, how yeah, it is? no, I'm not. I'm not functionality and lack of liquidity. It's it's tough to just say whatever it may be, whatever it may come in the next twelve months. I'm just going to trade what's in front of me because y- you might not enjoy it, right? Or you might not be making money. I think, yeah, so I think that's
1: that's a tough. problem for a lot of people. Though you say not enjoy it. I think a lot of people have been disengaged recently. What well, they mm-hmm. definitely have, um, and I yeah. think that's quite problematic. That. What is it called? I can't think what it's called, but when you are when you lose money or you make money and the first amount you say you win a thousand pounds, you're ecstatic about it. And then you win another thousand. You're the amount that you are ecstatic is halved compared to that first thousand that you made. I can't think what that's called. And It goes the same for losses. You know, that first thousand pounds or whatever it is you lose feels awful. And then the next thousand pounds isn't quite so bad, and it's got to the point that people have become a bit indifferent. But that's kind of dangerous because that next one thousand, even though you've already lost, say, ten thousand, whatever it is, that next one thousand is still a thousand pounds. And the first time you lost a thousand, you were, you know, mortified, you really upset. But now it's just like, oh, it's only another thousand, and that is a big problem for people. And I think that is something. I've sort of got better at over the years. I used to trade forex and equities and a few other things, but that takes a lot of patience and practice and resilience just to get that out of your head because every, you know, you, there's always something you can do, even if doing nothing is the right thing to do. There's always something. Um, and I think people, people just, Stepping aside and just waiting, I think they are costing themselves because there is a lot you can do at the moment. There are spreads that you can trade, there's really high yielding IPDs that you can then roll over into long term bets, which is what I'm doing. Um, you know, and you can you can set yourself up really well for future gain if you just put a bit of time in at the moment. And yeah, it might not be the most enjoyable, but that's
0: pretty much because. People are frustrated with the losses. Um And yeah, there is... Potentially, but aren't they frustrated with the losses in relation to the context that we're in, right? Because yes. I think Panda and I have discussed, right? Like, if you hold Callum hudson doy and he tears his Achilles, which I, I had him at that yeah. point, admittedly, I just looked at it and wrote it off as bad luck. I yeah. was like, look, I bought him for a reason and he did his Achilles and, you know, yeah. I've lost money yeah. now. That is the case, but... When other factors are attributing to the losses, it's a bit harder to digest, isn't it? And I mean, you mentioned earlier that that markets never behave how we want them to behave. But if a market isn't behaving in a way because of the factors that we've just discussed are yeah. I liquidity yeah. or uh, fi messing up the implementation or the mechanics not being suitable for an illiquid market or not having the correct trading tools to trade then perhaps that frustration and, for sure. and um, for sure. disengagement is warranted. Yeah.
1: No no no, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not warranted absolutely not. No. Um I'm just saying there is still a lot you can do and um it's potentially dangerous to to let yourself be disengaged um or not dangerous but you just you possibly can set yourself up for a much better future if you if you um are a bit more resilient and i'm not suggesting that um that's you know flaws in character it's definitely caused by a lack of liquidity and and broken promises um but um yeah i just think um there is, there is, There are ways to work in the now and kind of put that aside. Um, and maybe, you know, I, I see it like boxes in your head where you can just put stuff into, you know, the, you've got that frustration, but you can just put it into a box and kind of shut it away and focus on something else. And yeah, that box has to be opened from time to time. You've got to let that frustration out. But letting it control everything you do is Possibly a bit um, foolish, and I don't want to. I'm careful not to, not to sort of blame traders in any way because it's definitely no no trader's fault, um, and it takes a lot of practice. I am certainly not perfect, that's for sure. Um, but I think there's just. I, I think I'm tailing away from the original question here. I can't even remember what it was, but um, yeah, I just think there's if people traded what's in front of them for now with the goal of setting themselves up for future success when these things are fixed I think people would be slightly happier I mean Mm -hmm. it's hard (laughs) hard not to be frustrated in this market but I think um people can make things easier on themselves if they are
0: but some people don't want to trade something that isn't footballers right
1: that's very true yes and uh, yeah
0: so yeah although people are trading for play dividends a lot of people are also trading the mechanic and uh the arbitrary bid zone for example yes. so maybe some people don't want to do that as well yeah no
1: that's that's fair that's fair not wanting to um the sad thing is you kind of feel well you you kind of are trapped so you don't really if you don't want to do it you don't really have a choice you just have to accept that whatever happens at that point happens. Which is a real shame.
0: Mm. And my follow up, I guess, is like, so you're, you're trading and you're building these positions for the future. Yeah. Why are you building these? Because uh, yeah, for the future. Because when I've, I've whenever I've tried to describe this to people, they're like, oh well, you know, you're holding or you're topping up. Like, why aren't you actively trading more? And my theory, anyway, and I, I've said this is like, I think FI need to mint new shares at yeah, some definitely point, do, yeah. and they need to increase volumes. Yeah. So. My thoughts are that the way that those things happen is by increased price and increased trading. Yeah. So yeah. I can either try and trade and scalp positions to make money and add to longer term holds, or I can do something a bit more passive, reinvest dividends until FI get their act together and, and start heading in the direction yeah. of that of that theory. The
1: danger the danger as well with trading, this is actually this is hard because the danger with trading right now and just trading what's in front of you is that you are then putting in shares for sale and you are stopping, Mm -hmm. you know, those prices from being able to move back up because you're putting in sell offers at these prices. So I agree. I, you know, maybe I'm a big part of the problem in doing what I'm doing, but, um, largely I'm not selling, um, and I'm not putting in sell offers, um, Mm. But yeah, potentially that halts halts progress. Um, although
0: it's the other fear, Otto, that there might be change around the corner. That's the other so big I'm fear. I'm assuming a lot yes. of people have looked at it, right? And maybe you've traded more at, at times while it's decreasing, but less when it's kind of flatlined. But at some point, a lot of people, I suppose, have like they've topped up all the way down, yeah. or they've traded all the way down. And potentially, some of those people are still trading, and some of those people will have probably just gotten into positions. and been like, yeah. it's really low now. How much lower can yeah. it go? At yeah, some yeah. point, it will increase when either a liquidity and uh, liquidity is brought on board, or um, new functionality is brought on board, or something else, something else, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, there's definitely. Um, that is. Perfectly viable thing to do is is set yourself up now, and if you've got your positions as you want them long term, just sitting back and, and letting the market do its thing is is fine. Um, I've just yeah, I've just taken the approach of basically abusing all the mechanics and um, <laughs> payouts that they currently are to try and build the biggest um, positions for the future that I can. That's that's really what I'm saying is. Is uh, there is room to, you know, take your Sancho hold from two fifty up to five hundred or whatever it is, um, with a fair amount of effort. It does, you know, it's not easy work, but um, it can be done. And I think mm. uh, if people could see that they were setting themselves, you asked me, you asked me a second ago, why why I'm building positions for long term. The reason is because I'm confident that football index fixes and they do get back to the top. It's in their interest to start minting new shares again. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm, I'm confident they will get get us there and that really just requires, in my opinion, just, just getting some liquidity in the form of support bids. You know, if people start seeing yeah. 300 at 99p, 398 98p, 300 at 97p on on whatever play it is, Donny van der Beek's around that place, someone like that, you know, if it's across the top 100, they've suddenly got 300 at every price point that you can see. It instantly gives people massive confidence. Um, and as soon as you push the, you know, if, even if it's just the top 100, you, you push that top 100 price back up slowly, essentially walked back up. It, it allows the rest of the market to grow as well, obviously. So, um, that's the way to do it. It's quite a simple fix really. Um, in theory, um, it's just whether and whether that
0: that leads on to another question from Family yeah. doesn't it? What are the ingredients that make the whole market a more inviting and positive place to be? I mean, is it just liquidity Otto, at this point? Because no. I think, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Let, 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 <laughs> let me dig into that. Like, what 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 else needs to happen?
1: Yeah, uh, liquidity only takes us so far. I think, um, I think the, the problems with order books. Uh, well, the the problems with the core game. I've said this on Twitter several times, um, have been exposed because of order books and because of the low liquidity. Um, I don't think you have people leaving in the, in as big a numbers if the core game is really fun. Uh, that's that's the, the crux of it. Um, you know, you, people gamble and they expect to lose money, but they don't stop when they do. Whereas in Football mm-hmm. Index, as soon as people are losing money, they get really frustrated. It's like that's kind of
0: because the imperfections have been whether it's company driven or whatever other kind of blemishes have been hidden I guess by yeah. you know, making money or the perception of making money yeah
1: well I mean there's there's so ugh, this this conversation has gone round and round and round um, <laughs> there's so many things that can be done there's so many avenues to to look at um my you know i've I've considered so many options and I've kind of landed on. A threshold based system alongside pb i'm not for one second suggesting that they they scrap the the current race for pb um on a game day which is which is great fun um you know i've been accused of <laughs> wanting to bankrupt fi by adding this and it obviously wouldn't come with uh until you've got um a dividend increase you know that kind of thing but if you just put a um, a threshold-based payout system, say 2p over 200 score, you know, 4p over 250, whatever it is, I'm just making up numbers now. But um, as long as it doesn't overshadow current PB, it just means that when Bruno scores 351 and Kevin De Bruyne scores 350, Kevin De Bruyne also gets a small payout. And what that does is it, it narrows your um, margin for error on yield prediction. And that in itself lessens volatility and clearly people don't like volatility um, and it interests a bigger field of potential users and then you get more money coming in and the market grows and everyone's happy and that I think is the besides liquidity is the biggest ingredient to, to a happier market um, and I can't uh, you know I've, I've sort of gone back and forth with so many different people about it, but um, I, I can't see a better fix personally to get people more excited about FI.
0: And, and why, I mean, you've explained why it's good, but why does that increase? Why would that increase trading, for example? Why would that make people happier on the product? Why would that well, increase liquidity, for example?
1: Because because you've got players bringing in a more consistent Payout. You then end up trading based on form, based on change of manager. Mm. You know, you're back to trading football. You're back to not worrying about. You know, you, with with the current system, you got a you've got potential for a player that could. You know, you you project your players going to win PB three times in a year, and it just so happens that those three times that they put in a huge score, Neymar's also playing on that day and puts in. A slightly bigger score and your play, your your player that you projected was going to return you 20p has returned you nothing and that's quite frustrating I mean yes people say diversify and then you kind of average out that problem but then you have a situation where you're you're putting up quite a high barrier to entry. Say, say you wanted a port of 100 players and the average price it might not be a problem right now in the current market but in a few years time, the average price is then three quid per player. Then you instantly got a barrier to entry of 300 quid. And for a lot of people, that's just too high and they don't even bother to try. You know, they just want to put 50 quid in and try. But the current problem is you have you put your 50 quid in and it pays for, I don't know, 15 players, you know, 15 shares. And those 15 shares, you've, you've bought three different players, five shares in each one. And after 30 days, they've scored between them five goals and you've returned 10 pence. And you'd think, I've spent 50 quid and after a month, I've got 10p. Is that worth? Why do I even bother? Like I could put Akers on for a fiver and have a potential to return 300 quid. And I think that's, that's part of the problem with getting new users on board. And I think the other thing is people already on FI... Find it very hard to take an outside person's perspective. I mean, I'm obviously um, got vested interests. So I'm, I'm, I find that difficult too. But I bet if you ask someone um, to put fifty quid in, and if they if they don't, fairly high chance considering how many players on the index. If they don't return a penny in the first month, are they going to want to stay? Mm. That's that's my biggest that's my biggest thing. I think getting new users on board and immediately being able to see small wins consistently, they just it gives them that much more incentive to stay and think, hmm. You know, even if their players dropped, they can see that they've returned quite a bit. And it puts a much bigger focus on dividends, returning dividends, which will be the main goal when you hit market cap. Because Capital appreciation then is much harder to, to judge because, you know, everyone says, you know, I'll just buy the, the cheap youngster and then wait for them to, you know, grow and, and their price. Everyone's going to be doing it. Everyone's going to want to do that. So capital appreciation will be fairly hard to to come by, I think. Or not, not to come by, but to, you know, you're going to have as many losses as you will wins. So I think dividends will be, Ultimately, the the carrot on the stick, and if it's not a good enough carrot, people aren't going to stay.
0: They're not going to dip it in are they If it's not, it's not a good enough carrot. if It's gone. If it's off, yeah, I chuck it in the bin. Yeah, there's an there's another question later on about kind of like, uh, the kind of game because we've talked about liquidity and we've talked about kind of uh the game, um the next question is kind of like what are your thoughts on team of the month payouts versus PB payouts? But before that, I want to ask you mm. some of the other tangible things that could bring confidence back into this market. Because from my perspective, Otto, I'm seeing people genuinely scared about FI's future. Yeah, you yourself no, no, no. saying that you're, you're not worried no. about that, but inadvertently that affects you, doesn't it? Even if it's irrational. Yeah. So what could FI do to, to stem that? Well, I
1: think I think fear is is based on um, a lack of knowledge and i mean we there's all we're all um in that field you know there's there's only so much you can know about the business um because they don't they don't um show too much but when you're investing it, the, the, well, that's the sorry wrong word to use but when you're um betting in this way um or or you know buying shares in another market whatever it is knowing every single bit of information there is to know makes it so much easier it puts your mind at a lot more ease because there are no unknowns you know there aren't possibilities that you don't have answers for um and yeah so so knowing as much as you can about the mechanics about you know, the core game about the, the matrix about how the media buzz works about everything makes. And I think a lot of people are guilty of not knowing every single facet of why their player is priced the way they are. Um I think that, that leads people to be a bit fearful. Um And yeah, when it comes to the company, that's a tough one because they don't um, give out too much information. I mean, yes, they said, they said they're, Financial position was very, very good a few months back. And a few months isn't going to change that. Um, but nonetheless, people are seeing prices drop. And I think partly, partly is just people forcing down prices because they can and you get on cheaper. Um, but those that are selling through fear, I think that is, um, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But I, I my guess is that it's... Um, a lack of understanding around how the mechanics work and where mm-hmm. the money is going because it's not going. I think people think that because prices have come down, that money is coming out the market and it's not. That that is one of the things that I've had most DMs about. You know, people saying, you know, why is everyone leaving the market? And I think, well, some are, but someone else has got to buy those shares. So mm-hmm. that's 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 the the biggest thing that's causing fear for me when I've read DMs and things. Um, and yeah, that that's the one thing that you can sort of instantly, you know, wipe off. this
0: easy to address though. Uh, yeah. From yeah. an FI standpoint, like what would you do? I have you know,
1: emailed FI so many times and just said, please focus on education. Like you are, you have marketed to gamblers and gamblers don't know how financial markets work. So you need to tell them, you need to go through order books, explain every single minute detail, explain how the mechanics work, make them very clear, make it so that everyone can see, you know, really front and center. Don't hide anything. Um, and that that also plays into tools that we need as traders. I think we need to see volumes of shares traded. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things they can add, but just being completely transparent. And and giving people all of the knowledge they can possibly get makes people less fearful, and then you have a less volatile market. That's that's definitely something they need to work on, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think uh, trader education is one point though. Like, I I know that I know what you mean that you have to explain like that the money's not left the market, yep. but I feel like from a company standpoint. Let alone market FI probably could do something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how vague it would have to be or how detailed it would have to be, but I think they could come out and say something and and help relieve those panics because I think those panics. Yeah, that's are, another thing. Um, I think that they're, they're, they're irrational, but how much? How much wrong. do they
1: look at Twitter or Facebook groups or wherever else it is? How much do they actually engage in that? Because I know I know they're pretty good at. Recently, they've they've stepped up a bit and they're replying to. Well, maybe they them. they
0: engage more in. Um, all the reviews they get. Yeah. I know they do that yeah. for I know they do that for
1: sure. Yeah, trust pilot ones. Wow. That's gone down a, a treat for them. Um yeah, but they need to be more front and centre, you know. They they have got how many followers on Twitter? Is it fifty thousand or something? Yeah. It's so easy just to put out some information um around their, you know, financial position again. I know it shouldn't be necessary. Um, but that will instantly, you know, put people's fears to rest um what else can they what can they say um you know i mean they go over yields and things all the time that hasn't
0: helped <laughs> um, <laughs> no it hasn't it hasn't especially when it's the roadmap. on the actual site yeah but like i mean <laughs> i guess they've tried that a little bit yeah um but you know We'll see. We got a question it. here from FI Taylor on Twitter um just before we uh, go into uh, a little break. Um what are your thoughts on team of the month payouts versus PB payouts?
1: I mean, if if team of the month is the way they want to go, they obviously need to be higher. Um being less than a gold day payout for the top mid or, or top player that that's that's not enough, is it really? Um I mean, people have talked about team of the week as well. The, the the threshold based system I was talking about a second ago that is basically team of the day. That's the thing I think. Hmm. Is it, so people are saying, you know, uh, why don't we just focus on team of the month, or t- do a team of the week as well. well? Why not just do a team of the day and take <laughs> away the positions? You know, don't have an arbitrary position, just all the best players. You know, everyone that has a good performance. Because the problem I have with team of the month is it's great. I I really like it, but and it does reward consistent performances, but if you have a you know not the best player, but they have a one-off brilliant performance, that is irrelevant for Team of the Month. Even if you do Team of the Week, it may not be enough. Whereas you put a threshold-based system alongside PB, and instantly those people are rewarded. And then you just I I, I don't know, I just don't see a problem with it really. You reward the best performances um, and then you still have the randomness of PB that adds the kind of gambling, fun, exciting race to it. Hmm. Quite simple, really.
0: Yeah, quite. Simple. I mean, I think you've put it best. I mean, uh, ASP did a really good job on the podcast. Yeah, that was, that was great. If about. anyone hasn't listened to but that, I think well worth the simplicity listen. in which you've explained it. I think maybe might might even go further than that. But um, before we move on, I need to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by The Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription based sports news site delivering in depth sports coverage featuring football reporters you know and love like David Ornstein, James Pearce, Sam Blee, and Rafa Honigstein. The Athletic is telling stories you won't find anywhere else. No ads or clickbait, just great sports writing. So 50% off your annual subscription to the best sports writing around, go to theathletic.co.uk slash FIG. It's £2.49 a month if you go for their annual deal. What have you bought recently for more than £2.49 a month, uh, Otto? What
1: have I bought? I, <laughs> this, is, this sounds sad. bought a bunch of grow lights uh, for, for what are plants, they? What? grow lights. Oh, lights. Bro. I bought some bike lights yeah? recently. Oh, nice. Going out late night cycling. Yeah. The bike well, I it's not really late night.
0: It's 3.45, <laughs> or, uh, 3.45 <laughs> or, or, or after that, really, isn't it, these days? Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, it gets dark early. Oh, well, almost at winter solstice, so it starts turning around soon, which is nice.
0: I hope, I hope so. Well, not not that I like. don't think it will, I just, you know, I can't, it's too much, yeah. it's too dark too uh, early, yeah. especially when yeah. you're working from home, no, like, agreed. we're recording right now, it's 3.40pm and looking outside and it's getting, it's yep. getting dark already, which is horrible. I would not want to live um,
1: in Scandinavia, it's dark <laughs> for six months or however long, not can quite that long, but really. six weeks or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> no, thank you F.I. Gerard. Uh, what is your current strategy focused on short term div returners who haven't dropped much or long term bets i.e. youth who have dropped disproportionately and should therefore rise further in, with a recovery and then Sigmund Freund also says really a great guest and a real good influence on the timeline often not along t- to a lot of his tweets can Otto talk about his current trading strategy at the moment actively trading sitting back observing building long term positions or flipping bears you've kind of gone over yeah. this but I'd love to hear more thanks
1: Sigmund appreciate that um yeah, uh, macro level, it is just setting up positions in those youngsters that have dropped. You know, um, I won't mention names, but plenty and plenty of uh, young names that will be the future dividend earners, the big ones. So those are really obvious choices at the moment. They're so, so cheap and they've got years ahead of them to return their price and, and much, much more. Um, in the meantime... Um, I keep a cash balance for yeah the, the flips because some of the drops are really irrational and they're really fast it's the fast ones that bounce back quite quick, obviously there are lots of drops across the board that just keep going but um, I'm definitely buying those really really obvious significant drops that come out of thin air um, I mentioned Bruno last week, that was a really easy one um, yeah uh, Phil Phone I've just bought today Um drop down to like 280 and whether that proves to be the right time to buy and I don't know but um yeah there's there's loads and loads of really easy buys at the moment that's that's the other thing um and then selling off a percentage of those when they, they go back up um taking profits and yeah IPDs 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 I have a pretty big portfolio at the moment um from double divs as soon as they double divs I expanded my port massively to kind of rake them in um, my strategy when I used to trade other um, assets was um, largely um, large volume breakouts um, buying in the, into the breakouts and um, quick flips um, and I kind of do that on fi it's a lot harder um, or maybe easier it depends how you look at it um but harder to predict which ones are going to happen when, because it just depends on who has a good game when. So after a dividend announcement or dividend increase, you've got so many players undervalued, it's basically whoever has a good game flies up. So instead of trying to guess who that's going to be by looking at fixtures and whatnot, I just buy loads and loads of good players, wait for them to spike up, and then consider whether I should take profit, because there's better you know, players that have not yet risen, or... What to do, and I tend to sell off half. That's that's my favorite. Just sell half, keep half if I am happy to hold them long term, and then reinvest that profit into um, other holds that haven't yet risen. And then you, you know all those spikes that are going off, you're just cashing in profit on each of those and building up bigger and bigger positions in the the longer term holds that you want. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of on the macro level what I do, um, and then yeah, just focused on IPDs mainly at the moment.
0: And how do you apportion kind of like some, how much of the profits do you apportion to building those longer positions and how much of it do you um, apportion to continuing to uh, buy dips? And stuff? Uh, yeah.
1: So, so I have roughly a 10% cash balance. Sometimes it's more um, 10, 15% cash balance. Um, and I think that's just totally necessary on football index. I think you're missing a trick if you don't do that. Um, Maybe not quite so much, but, um, you know, definitely 5% I would. Um, And then roughly, I I guess you've got 25% short-term flips. 25% of that goes into, um, maybe more than that, it'd be 30%. 30% short-term flips, 30% in to that profit then going into trades, and then 30% um, in long-term holds. Um, so what did I say? Thirty percent is trends. That's sort of meant trends like yeah. summer transfers, things like that. So you've got short-term going into kind of the medium term, and then that medium term gets flipped over into the long term. That's kind of the way I work. It's a bit more sporadic than that, based on market conditions and whatnot, and where I see value. But that's kind of the overall goal.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, we've got a question here from Rory Flitz, Youth Hype. Um, do you think this is something that could return, or will we only see big rises now from players that have to be proven to be effective PB players? Yeah, I'll
1: definitely return. Yeah, I, I have no doubts about that. Definitely. Um, why? Why?
0: Well, I, you
1: know, 100% relies upon liquidity. Um, but every market sees bubbles. Every market. And whether or not players, you know, we know whether a player is going to be a big dividend yielder, you know, there's some really obvious ones. I still think some of the sort of next tier down of, you know, top youngsters, I still think you'll find bubbles in those, you know, because many of them won't end up reaching potential and drop back down. But you see it in every market. It it just happens. I mean, there's, there's people want to believe that they are right. And I said that earlier. And, Therefore, they buy very um optimistically um I try to err on the side of pessimistic with my buys but um in terms of their long term yields um but um yeah people buy with much higher expectations than usually proves to be true um so yeah youngsters i really do think will bounce back it just the obviously the market conditions need to be right to for that to happen, hmm. and that's down to Fi now,
0: and maybe it has some of those things that you mentioned to do with um, the uh, you know the 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 PB structure possibly right? possibly because if players break through, well, if that does change, is that potential? Yeah, yeah. Go on.
1: Sorry, if that if that does change and they, they add to the PB structure with a say, with the um, threshold based system, then. You have youngsters that are then triggering that and getting consistent payouts. or well, not consistent because they are inconsistent because of their age, but they're getting some payouts, um, and you will be able to trade on that because their price will be fluctuating based on that inconsistency. Um, yeah, that will help, definitely. Um, but even so, um, I think the m- current market conditions are making people look at very, very short term. Um which is fair enough and that's just how it goes. But um, yeah, I think as soon as we get liquidity and the market starts to move back, I mean, people say it's going to take years to get over this. No, it won't. (laughs) No, it won't. You get the market conditions right and it turns on a dime. You saw it, you know, a couple of weeks back with the IPD refreshing that everyone was doing. And suddenly that excitement was back and and you had like a few days of really big, you know, positive sentiment um, where the prices went back up and now they're dropping back down. But, People were sort of saying, "Oh, the index is back," and getting really excited. People are very quick to forget; they really are. Um, you know, people say, "I won't forgive them for a long time." Well, as soon as you're making money again, that—that's all there is to it, really. That's all people care about. As soon as the money starts flying back up, you know, and prices start rising, people won't want to quit. They won't want to, mm. you know, leave. People are intrinsically greedy, <laughs> so as soon as it looks good. That fear of missing out will kick in and uh yeah. Youth hype will definitely definitely come back into uh into the realms of of FI.
0: Mm. Rob C uh who will be king of the index by the end of March? What will their buy <laughs> and sell prices be?
1: <laughs> That's very difficult. Um I guess it depends how uh how FI implement their their small liquidity inputs um that they promised you know finalizing some initiatives is what they said isn't it um whether that'll happen or not i do not know um but if if there is some liquidity a little bit you know a few people providing then i i think i'm confident that sancho will rise back up because you've got the winter break and i know panda said he doesn't expect any um any media for Sancho over the winter I, I disagree I think he's not playing brilliantly at the moment he's out of the team at times and um, I think journalists start putting two and two together um, and talking about uh, leaving in the summer even if they're saying you know, about summer um, I still think you will start to see some media and people will get excited again um, you know could well be wrong, but that's that's my opinion, and I can see that pushing his price back up with a little bit of liquidity, a little bit of media, and I can see oh, I'm going to go £8.82. <laughs> 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 £9 pounds okay. seems to be that kind of psychological barrier on FI that prices hit and then don't really go beyond for a while anyway. They seem to stop there for a bit. <laughs>
0: Um, F.I. Charlie, who was on the podcast a, a few weeks back, we've seen no Christmas promotion at all from Football Index so far. Does that surprise you? A cash drop in <laughs> hmm. Yeah.
1: I yeah. hope not. Well, what did they do last year? It was the uh, advent calendar, wasn't it? Yeah, right?
0: it was the, the car giveaways, the... What else? What else was there? Oh, that? yeah, Some the Money car. giveaways. Yeah, that's true.
1: Wow. Yeah, and there's been no word of anything like that.
0: Maybe... Hmm. That's what the market needs.
1: Yeah, that's what they need. The Versailles robe. Um, man, I, is cash drop the answer? Not really. Not this time. Is there an answer?
0: Do football index need to stay away from any more gimmicks and bonuses and stuff?
1: Mm, not necessarily. I don't. I don't think there's a problem with them so long as they are not seen as um, sort of plugging holes. As it were, I, d- I don't like promos right. that seem to just try and paper over cracks.
0: So like the the cash rebate? Yeah.
1: I mean, well, pretend- that one was just, uh, it seemed like a last ditch effort just to try and get some liquidity while they got their ship in order. But, um, and it kind of worked with the IPDs or they cost their fire massively with this, if i refreshing, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't really I'm not a fan. I prefer just to leave the market as is. It's just hard to do that at the moment because of all the problems. Um so I don't know what the answer is for Christmas if 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 there is even is an answer or if they should just leave it, ignore it. Uh
0: you mentioned IPDs there. Yeah. We mentioned earlier in the show that we might talk about them. Yeah. What are your thoughts on them currently? from a trader standpoint you seemingly enjoyed them. But I've seen you on Twitter today talking about the fact that it may not be the best thing for FI.
1: Well I mean if it if it works for us, it doesn't work for FI. It's that simple. You know, if we I'm I'm currently got players that have returned seventeen percent after four games and I've got another four eligible games. I mean if I made twenty five percent on that player and the commission cost me four percent that's twenty-one percent on that cost that Fi are losing out on. That, that obviously doesn't work for Fi. Um,
0: the argument from a lot of people is that um, you know Fi are uh, people or are trading these players back and forth so often that they do generate the commissions above that. I mean, but I, if people
1: if people are buying a player that's got eight games, um, and the player costs them one pound, and they don't score or assist twice in that time then yeah then then that's that's fine for fi it doesn't cost them but any more than that and it is and i think there's very few people trading for ipds that don't buy good goal scorers it's not hard Mm. to pick out some players that are going to score you know at least two or three goals in eight games or even Mm. assists assists are just as much so um Yeah, it's really not difficult. It's really not difficult to trade IPDs profitably at the moment Um, with prices as low as they are. It really is not. Um, Long term, you add liquidity and prices start to rise. That's what people said to me. And then it's not a problem anymore because it didn't used to be a problem. But I think it did used to be a problem in so much as it, again, it just papered over the cracks. There are, you know, a lot of the market didn't have value and they've just put IPDs in to give them some value. But you've only given value to goal scorers and goalkeepers. Maybe a few that get a few assists. But you know, you've know you still got... Basically most defenders are worthless for IPDs. Most deep line midfielders are worthless. Um, and there's better ways to give those players some value um, that's more fair and more intuitive um, obviously, scoring goal, and you get a payout. That's pretty obvious. Everyone can understand that. But you know, if if you just said if they score over two hundred, they get a payout, then you just think, oh, how do they score over two hundred? You look at the matrix, and it's the same as FPL. It's the same as ever else. Everyone understands the matrix, and it's not really particularly difficult to understand. And then you remove the three, you know, you remove the thirty-day period. You've just got it over the full three years instead. Again, simplifying the whole thing, you don't have these you know, really mixed up deadlines and dates and all the silly stuff that just overcomplicates it unnecessarily in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a tentative subject. I've had some good feedback on it after the, uh, pod that just went out with, um, Panda. Yeah. I, yeah, it's tough because a lot of people are saying, uh, you know x and y about like how um you know if certain amount of people trade them without getting the payout yeah then if i will generate enough commissions the issue is like whoever gets that share that you've traded to then has someone has to get the payout basically
1: um what what do you mean in terms of like
0: as in like the rebuttal to some of this has been uh if i buy and sell that one pound player three times before the payout comes yeah then i've given i assume. fi more commissions yeah. right but each time you've sold that to someone else unless they're do- all doing the exact same thing eventually someone has to someone yeah. has, eventually has to hold for the payout right yeah
1: yeah yeah um yeah exactly um what was i thinking um i was gonna say something a second ago and i've forgotten um Yeah, you've got a situation where potentially potentially, FI don't mind IPDs costing them. You know, it's just a necessary evil for them. Um, And, you know, it can be absorbed by other other gains elsewhere. Um, And, you know, it may be that they decide that that's okay. But I think I I, I can't see that happening personally. Um, And I think the problem is you'll get to Say you're nearing market cap and and they can't increase dividends any further, I think or maybe maybe it's a few years before market cap and they're still increasing dividends to try and push it that final final mile to get, you know, to the limit of their potential user base. I think even if they've kept IPDs up to that point, they will still have to reduce that liability. And whether they cut back IPDs. Or just leave them as they are and increase other payouts in the meantime, so they effectively become worthless against trading for other dividends. I don't know, but I think that would be the road they would go down. Just basically not increase them anymore. Um, and you can either you can either you can either continue to trade them until they're worthless and you've kind of run them into the ground, or you can just accept that there is going to be a slightly different system is beneficial for everyone and just trade for that and and prior to that have a conversation around it to try and put your input in and, and get that to a place where everyone is happy. Because at the moment it seems like there's a lot of resistance purely because people are afraid of check bets changing. But I think in the long run they've got to change anyway. And
0: Yeah, that's what I keep saying. I mean, they're going to change with a media monitor. They're going to change with anything else that's added. Yeah. Like if there is going to be a change, I think people need to to embrace it because yeah. I think you can't say trade what's in front of you on one, 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 well, on one hand and then if if it changes, not trade what's in front of you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all for trading what's in front of you. I equally have an eye on the future and setting up mm. for that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm happy to trade IPDs for now and I, I'm enjoying them because they're so lucrative. But yeah, I appreciate that and there's got to be a conversation around what to do and I mean some people are just saying we'll leave that to FI but I would quite like to kind of maybe my voice to have a little bit of a say in which direction that goes and that's all uh, I think um, people are saying really is just we could have a discussion a constructive discussion that gets um, FI thinking down the road that we would like instead of maybe just guessing and then ending up Mm. with
0: well, they wouldn't be asking for so much feedback if they were completely fine exactly. with developing the product themselves. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So um, I don't know why people shy away from it or, or sort of almost fearful of it. It seems a bit strange to me. But there we go. <laughs>
0: there we go. There we go. Uh, final question here from Old Man FI from the Fig Discord Who are your top players to hold during market downturns and why?
1: Ooh depends what kind of downturn in in the current situation that's tricky because um, you know all bets are off anything can really happen because there's not the liquidity to, to support any prices so um i think i said earlier ipd players were the, the problem is you can't trade in huge volume for ipds because of the you know prices um and the liquidity there you can't trade in big volume um So it depends on your portfolio. It depends on so many different things. People go for the safe options, but I mean, Bruno, Kimmich have proven maybe not to be as safe as people thought, you know, these, these consistent div earners. Um, So, yeah, I mean, in general, the consistent div earners are the place to go. The most consistent div earners at the moment are the IPD earners. Those are the ones that are giving you, you know, dividends really, really regularly, um my my go-to is in the series. Um he scored four goals in the last four games and I bought him for 45p. I've got 1500 of them and it's just 30 quid every week easy. Um <laughs> and you know, I I I can sell him right now for more than I paid for him a couple of weeks back. And yet the rest of the market is tanked, so I guess right now I would say IPD players are the safest. I think people just consider that they've dropped as low as they're going to go or or their value is is high enough that they, they don't warrant dropping further. And so they are holding their price. But yeah, in general, just um, they're the most consistent dividend earners. That's where people think, you know, tend to feel is safe money.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, like at that size position that you hold, do you ever fear that it might be difficult to get out, or are you can't comfortable um, with being? Able well, to
1: do I that? I tend to um, shift a small amount each week, as opposed to do them all in one lot. So um, you use up the available bids that are there, and then a, you know a week later there's they've been refilled. Um, I haven't had a problem so far with refreshing any of my IPD players, but um, yeah. I think fifteen hundred would be my max, and that's only on players I'm very confident will score goals. Um, otherwise, yeah, usually three to six hundred is is a happy medium between a decent payout and a, and enough liquidity to get yourself out. And the last week, the last or the last few days, maybe that's going to prove challenging. Um, hmm. But uh, I'm confident that the market rebounds a little bit. Just you know, no particular reason there's nothing to justify it as with the last rebound, but I think it's just gonna yo yo for quite a while now until there is lo- liquidity.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think we'll have those kind of dips and, and just like rises dips yeah. until we kind of fly line and people who want buy out them. want out and yeah, You can buy and um, sell them
1: and take <laughs> maybe it takes a bit of balls, but just do it. That's the other thing. Well, that's the other thing. I didn't go on. I, go on. That's something that's, when you mentioned about strategy earlier, one of the big things is writing trades down. People don't do it. Um, that's okay. that's really common in in you know the rest of the trader world. Um, writing stuff down because you write down when you bought a share, why you bought that share, how you were feeling at that time, the emotions you were feeling. Um, you very quickly you know write write down as much as you can. And it's really, really quick. You you just have on paper, you know, a factual record of your emotions and how they influence your trades. And
0: mm.
1: knowing that people lie to themselves a lot. You know, you lie to yourself about how good you are. You lie to yourself about, you know, well, all sorts of stuff. But having those emotions down, just written down, you quickly see, you know, oh, I made a bad trade when I was feeling like this. You know, when I... Got sucked in by fomo or this person on Twitter commenting, I made a loss, and that's happened several times next time, I'll do something different. You start to give yourself a match you know you can start to build a rule set to stick by that just helps you um avoid the pitfalls of your own personality. That's a really big thing,
0: yeah, I think a lot of people have different ways of kind of i guess monitoring the way that they trade and whether it be a spreadsheet a trader diary yeah. journal whatever you yeah, want to call journal. it i think they're all useful things it's not going to work for everyone but no definitely try no it. if, it's if just it's, kind uh, of a helpful thing to refer
1: back to in. when you come across a situation that you've maybe dealt with before and you can see you know how did i deal with this scenario last time what mm. should i have done differently and it can really really help
0: well, I think that's all we've got time for. Thanks so much for joining Thank me, you. mate. Where can people find out more about you? Ah,
1: Twitter, Twitter. Otto is it Otto underscore fi? I think. You Otto know than me. underscore fi. I think that's right. Um, yeah, uh, that's 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 the place to go. And uh, DMs are always open for anyone that wants to chat.
0: Yeah, go chat to him. Go chat to him. Smart guy. Thank you so much for joining. No me, problem. Mate. Really Thank you, you for having
1: it. me. Thank you very much. It's good Absolute fun.
0: Absolute pleasure. It was. It was great fun. If you guys are commuting right now. Then uh, stay safe commuting. If you're not commuting right now, doing whatever you're doing, then have a great day. Sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions. As always, there are quite a few. And thank you very much for listening. Have a great day, and we'll have more. Take care.